The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil.
and you feel it Change is coming Can you feel it? If you do nothing, you're preparing to lose it all. Change is coming. It's easy to see. It's easy to feel it. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We picked this morning's message at Caritas, as we usually do in our morning prayer at random, a message of March 18, 1989. In that message, it was Mar- Mariana's annual apparition. And of course, 1989 was years ago, but it was a description before the message is what struck me. And it said, Our Lady was very sad. Or rather, Our Lady appeared sad, very sad. This is where Our Lady then said her message. But what would make her sad when she's coming to the world and often is very tranquil and peace and very happy on the mountains? On another March 18, 1994, Mariana had her annual apparition. And Our Lady said, Dear children, today my heart is filled with happiness. I would like for you to find yourselves in prayer every day as today, this great day of prayer. I wasn't in Medjugorje for that apparition. I read the message with interest. I had to look to the news and did some research. What happened that day? Did the Pope declare something? Did something change in the church? Why did I say, I would like for you to find yourselves in prayer every day as it today, this great day of prayer? Something happened that day. Did Our Lady mean the week before? The month before? She said, this great day of prayer. People could say, okay. Well, if I picked the message at random and I was in, into a prayer, that would apply to that. Yes, it does. But when Our Lady gave that message, it also had the meaning in the time of the moment. A couple months later, I was in Medjugorje, and I referred this to Mariana and asked her, what, what happened that day? What was going on? Do you know why she did this? And she thought for a minute, and I gave her the message and told her. She said, oh, yes, yes. She said, we had 50 people in the room that prayed for three hours straight, very intensely. Can you imagine 50 people? I delayed declare something for the whole world, that this is a great day of prayer. 50 people. If one man, Elijah, can open up the heavens, or close the heavens, rather, and three years, three years later with his prayers, open the, the rain back to um, come back down upon the earth from the drought, what can one man do? So 50 people did this. So this morning's message, what did I lady mean when she said, when she gave the appearance, or rather, did she give the appearance the sad, very sad acting? Today I'll just come and give a message. I'm going to be real sad. She's in our moment. She's in our time. I later gave a message August 6, 1982. I will give you yet some concrete messages for our time. Oh, you are. We know there's no time in heaven. Our Lady's entered into our time. She's speaking in that terms. The great day of prayer, she was in our time frame. 
And it's with keen interest that you should read that message or listen to it. Concrete messages for our time. She's with us. She's in our time frame. Can you feel it? Can you see what's going on? Our Lady wasn't sad without a reason. What happened at that moment? What happened that day that made her sad? Well, we read the message and we can have insights in that. She went on to say, to tell us, by your prayers, the unbelievers, those who don't have the grace to experience God in their hearts with living faith. She had preceded it. I want you to pray. My wish is just to warn you as a mother. I beg you for people who don't know about the secrets. I want to tell you how I suffer for them or for all because of them. I'm the mother of all. She asked us preceding that to help by your prayers to unbelievers. Had a family been praying for their loved one for salvation and that person died and went to hell? Was it a day at that moment that several people went to hell that she had been interceding before God that she didn't win the grace for them to have salvation? I know a priest, actually it's Father Peter, who's going to read the secrets. He told of a story of a woman dying and wouldn't let a priest in the room. When the priest came, they, she ran him out. The family continued to pray for her salvation. Later, when she was about to die, they had called him about because he said, call me when she's at the throes of death. He comes in. He brings a crucifix. He puts it lovingly in front of her. She stares at it. He says, all you have to say is Jesus. Just think Jesus. And there she was at the poor hole of death, looking at this crucifix. The family was watching all intensely. She spit on it and died. Our lady sad? Probably because that day, that moment in time, there were souls lost that went into hell. So Our Lady gives us things in these messages that we can take to the bank. We can see our future. We can know what's happening in our time. Physical changes, Yvonne said. Our Lady said, get ready. Those two things, after Yvonne said, Our Lady and I are talking a lot this past summer. You'll see physical changes on the earth, all over the world. Obviously, Yvonne knows what he's talking about. You correlate that with our lady saying, get ready, change the direction of your life. Our lady says, I bring you into a new time. Prepare. These are all about prepare, preparation. What can you be doing now that you should be doing that you wish you would have done if you do nothing now and lose everything? We're not talking about prosperity doctrine. We're not talking about saving yourself. We're talking about stepping into the future of the way of life now in the Greenwood while you can do it and one hour spent in your efforts to do so may take a year later that you can do it or can't ever achieve it. Something's going to change. You have all the evidence. Our lady doesn't tell us things without having a good purpose for us. 
In this message of where she said, she said, I skipped this part. I don't think I read that part. March 18, 1989. I do not want to threaten again. My wish is to warn you as a mother. God cannot tolerate the condition of the culture that's dying that will be later known as a civilization. It's not going to be. Back in 1986, <clears throat> my first trip back to Missouri, I went immediately saw a priest that I knew, very fond of. And I told him about the trip, and I said, Our Lady asked us to fast on Wednesday and Fridays on bread and water. He had this tortured look on his face. He says, that's dangerous. I says, what are you talking about, Father? He says, well, it's dangerous to do that. I says, no, it's not. He says, that's bad for your health, fasting like this just on bread and water. Somebody else was in, and they chimed in with him in agreement. I was shocked. I accepted it. I was being little children. The mother said to do it. It can't be bad for my health. And we split from there. Actually, we got in some big adversity over this and other things. I said, you want to do it? Our lady can't say to us, fast on Wednesday and Fridays, For just a senior purpose that this is good spiritually helps us resist temptations and strengthens our soul. What else does it do? It's got to be healthy. It's got to be physically good. Yesterday, I didn't have time to eat. I didn't eat anything, and the only thing I could find yesterday afternoon, late towards 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock, was chips. Never had an opportunity to eat bread. I didn't feel deprived. I was thinking about that this morning. I felt conditioned. Are there going to be days we won't be able to eat? Has man always had it ready, available, that he ate breakfast, lunch, and supper? A French friend of mine here was here in the 80s. And he says, you know, you Americans, you, you eat big breakfast, big lunch, big supper. He says, that's not healthy. I didn't understand what he was talking about because that's how we lived. Do you not think man was made by God to be able to skip a whole day of eating when he's transversing across the wild country? Or because something wasn't ready? Or because the conditions made it for storms, he couldn't get out and do what he needed to go hunting? A gatherer? A life of Gurion where everything was always perfect? You always had everything on the table? My dad worked as self-employed, and he didn't always have money. And we didn't know it. We didn't feel deprived, but there were many times we ate grits for supper, and that's all we had. I know in the south or north, you, you call it porridge or whatever you call it, but we call it grits. And my dad, to cover that up, would tell us the story of three little bears. When really what he was trying to hide is our poverty. And this wasn't once or twice. I mean, this was every other week, sometimes twice a week. He had no cash. My mom couldn't go to the store. He didn't get anything. And we were satisfied. We didn't know. We were used to eating in that kind of condition. We were used to having bread. That was our snack. So do you think Our Lady knows at the moment, this great day of prayer, that Our Lady is sad because some people went to hell? That perhaps our fasting is preparation for the future to learn us that you can't have everything on a whim that you wanted? That your body, your body physically, health-wise, is being conditioned? For something other than just spiritual? 
there is no way our Lady's Excellence to fast solely and only for spiritual reasons. She's a mother. She knows what's good for us. Fasting is good for you health-wise. Fasting is good for you spiritual-wise. You'll never follow God. You'll never go to his instructions without reaping these benefits. And so it is. We have Our Lady giving us messages that there's two paths to follow. Just November 25th. Everything that is around you, little children, leads you towards worldly things. But I desire to lead you towards the time of grace. So through this time, you may be able to be closer to my son. You can make decisions now. Our latest promptings is getting you to do that. I'm amazed how few people still act on this. Oh, yes, we have a large following. We have a lot of people doing it. But how many people out there are not doing it? How many people are still listening to this and procrastinating? Why are you saving money in cash when every sign out there, every indication, as the lady showed in her apparition, sad, as the lady showed in the apparition another time, very happy, that these are consequences in our time, her with us, that you can't see the economic situation is not going to last. It can't last. There is a judgment against it. That judgment is from God. God's judgment comes when something's gone astray and can't be corrected. We had an opportunity 25 years ago. Can you imagine? The bishops of the world were told, consecrate Russia, or she'd spread our errors throughout the world. We're still suffering, even though communism in that country's gone away per se. We're still suffering from these er eras. And the king of France, King Louis, his father was told when the Sacred Heart was revealed in France that if France consecrated to the Sacred Heart, it would spare France. It didn't. And we had the French Revolution. And that started the beginning decline of Christianity, the de-Christianization of the world, all from France. And all we had to do was something simple. Our lady said to do it, consecrate it, and put this in action. If you read it, ain't going to happen. You know in the back of the book about the cross on Cross Mountain. You know what St. Catherine, Sister Catherine at Rudabach, who received the miraculous medal, was told to do, or told the confessors to do, and they didn't act on it. This is a rejection of God. We think it has to be just sin. Sin comes along, God gives us something simple. Hey, here's my here's a picture of my sacred heart. And the theologians and the doctors and lecturers of that day rejected and ridiculed this. The king wanted to do it, but he couldn't get the, the clergy to, to, to enact this. We couldn't get, as a result of Fatima, the consecration of Russia. And now we got Medjugorje, our lady's coming telling us what to do. We won't do it. A simple message. She gave us one simple message that said, Confession, monthly confession will be a cure for the West. This actually, I think, is in the same message I was quoting. In that message, our lady said, do what I've told you. Isn't that interesting? This is exactly what I'm telling you, what she's saying. Do what I've told you. 
there are numerous who do not observe it, speaking about the messages. And she goes on and says, monthly confessions will be a remedy for the church in the West. One must convey this message to the West. One must consecrate to the Sacred Heart France. One must consecrate Russia to my Immaculate Heart. And we reject it. We got the solutions. I read that message given in 1982 and wondered, what if the bishops declared everybody is to go to confession? Everybody. We wouldn't be suffering what we're headed toward right now. The tortures is coming, the difficulties, the crosses. Because man rejects it. Who rejects it? That's got the higher echelon rejects it. God's coming to purify the church. And with the church, coming to purify the world. The church is under judgment. And thereby the world's under judgment. Because the world really becomes what the church is. If the church is strong, we're holy. If it's weak, we're unholy. This comes from a successful woman in Christian ministry who's an author of many books and being consumed by her own work, she felt like she was missing out on a lot of the pleasures of life. And so she goes on to say, there was a time that was frightening for me because I felt as if I was losing my foothold of my relationship with God. I call this the jacket story. Love grows or love dies. The fact is that I had been unaware that I was not as passionate for God and Jesus as I had been. What started off in October with the purchase of a jacket might seem to you a minor thing, but it represented much, much more. First of all, you have to understand that I was taking a vacation just because I looked at the world and saw everybody else taking vacations. I started wondering if my children were needing more exposure or more retreats. Surely God wanted us to work more of these into our lives. But because I did more assuming and less inquiring of God, He did not bless the weekend trip to Boston at all. The first day there, I went shopping. I thought we'd try to catch up on what the world got to do all the time. Shop. What happened was that I had purchased several items for my family upstairs in the department store, and then I found two items for me downstairs. One item I didn't need at all, a very expensive suit jacket. But I could use it for a talk that I was going to do in front of a thousand very well-dressed women in my hometown. The other item I felt that I needed, a ski jacket. You have to realize that when I believed the world was passing me by, not only did I jump in there and plan a trip to Boston, I planned our first ski trip to Utah in January. We were going for four days to see what the world was raving about. This attitude of feeling sorry for my life because I never took a vacation seemed justified. Not only was I wrong about that, but I didn't realize something even more grave. God was gearing up for action in His kingdom while I was looking for retirement. I was missing God's leading. The credit card went through when I purchased the items for my family upstairs, but when I went downstairs to purchase my jackets, the credit card would not go through. Not thinking that it was a warning from God, I used another credit card. That evening, while we were eating dinner and discussing the credit cards, I told my family that I was very put out with the bank. I finally had a chance to shop, and now I didn't have access to any money. My son Michael said, well, maybe God just didn't want you to have the jacket. As soon as it came out of his mouth, it hit my heart like a ton of bricks. Michael was exactly right. Later that evening, I was not only awakened in the night with some heavy-duty scriptures from God, but he also struck me with an illness that caused me to lose my voice. 
It was gone for almost a month, and I had not been sick for nearly three years. Every aspect of your life should glorify God and His truths so that people will know Him. There are many things that are secret agreements between me and God, and one of them that applies to this story is my boxwoods. Two years ago, I had transplanted some 80-year-old boxwoods. I just prayed over these boxwoods because I was advised by experts that it is nearly impossible to transplant large old plants. God answered my prayers and did the extraordinary by blessing those boxwoods. They lived and they put out new growth, and these 10 to 15 foot boxwoods were successfully transplanted. Well, now, not only was I sick, but when I got home from Boston, I noticed that all my boxwoods looked as if they might be dying. Their leaves were turning brown. My heart was broken, not because I cared about the boxwoods, but because this was a secret prayer request that kept me in touch with my relationship with God. I wanted to be in good, I wanted to be in good with God. I had gone on vacation to see what I was missing, and I realized that I had had everything, but it was slipping away. The first sign I asked for to show that God would accept me back was for him to allow me to return the jacket that I knew I didn't need. I pray that they had not already altered it. I now hated this jacket that was between me and God. The sales clerk took my ticket and went to the alterations department. After some time, she returns and said, Mrs. Shamlin, there has been some kind of mistake. We have not been able to alter your jacket and it's not ready. We have your address, so we'll just mail it to you. Yes, God is so merciful. This gave me hope that I was going to be able to get out from underneath some of the consequences of my sin. Now, for the hard part, I had to tell this commission-paid sales clerk that I was returning this expensive jacket and at the same time try not to act so excited about it. I said something like this. Well, I've been praying all weekend about this jacket, and I do not feel at peace about it. In other words, I do not feel that God wants me to buy this jacket. The well-dressed Bostonian sales clerk said, excuse me. She did not understand this, but finally she accepted the return. I was floating out of the store with only one ski jacket in my hands. At the time, it never occurred to me that God wanted me to return the ski jacket too. How could I miss that? Let's talk about this other vacation. To Utah, the place to ski. They have snow in October at eight and 9,000 feet in Utah, but much more in January. But as it turned out, God was not through with me. Little did the ski resorts know that when they let me come to Utah, I was bringing a curse with me. I was like Jonah on a ship to a place where he was not supposed to go. It would have been better for them if they had thrown me overboard. The curse was that it was the warmest week in January in the history of Utah. Utah was 57 to 60 degrees, even at 8,000 feet. Again, the warmest day in January in the history of Utah. The snow was literally melting out from underneath the ski slopes. It was very difficult surface to learn on because it was so slippery. But what's more, when I got to Utah, I realized that I had left my new ski jacket at home in Nashville. That was strange because I just knew I had packed it. Even if I'd left it in Nashville, I could have shipped, it could have shipped overnight. My staff searched the entire house but said the jacket was nowhere to be found. I reluctantly concluded the jacket had been stolen out of my bags by the airline's employees. What are the odds of that? I went to 23 cities on a book tour, and nothing had ever been stolen out of my bags. Out of all the bags, why that bag, and why that jacket? It was definitely God, and I was crushed all over again and getting very insecure. Why can't I get this straight? 
What am I doing wrong? Does he not want me to shop at all? Thank goodness that you do not really need a jacket when it's 57 degrees outside. Once again, this had little to do with overshopping or vacations. This was much more involved than that. This disciplinary action by God allowed me to see my sin. This had nothing to do with God being strict with clothing. This was God shaking me out of complacency. This was a strong wake-up call that I was taking our relationship for granted. God was in the process of calling the world into judgment, and I was out shopping or trying to vacation when he was busy with kingdom work. I began to see the bigger picture. Since judgment is underway, the church members and leaders need to repent now, not tomorrow. God is warning us that this is no time to retire or to become complacent with this love relationship with him. We should go into all the world and bring mankind the whole truth of the good news. We should let people know that Jesus is at the threshing floor and that he is taking his winnowing fork in his hands to gather the wheat into his barn and to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Since, in the end, the love of most will grow cold, do all that you can to secure your heart to heaven. We didn't recognize that we got judgment when France didn't consecrate itself to the Sacred Heart. The world got judgment when Fatima was consecrated to Russia. And now in Medjugorje, the ignoring of confession, which easily the bishops could do across the whole land for the whole West, we are under judgment. I know a couple that came here several years ago who ended up coming for counseling because they had plenty. They had gotten in a good shape financially, uh, had a nice, beautiful place. And they started indulging in what they had. This resulted in dyslexia. They never had any marriage problems. They started having marriage problems. They ended up getting divorced. They ended up even starting other relationships with other people. Through counseling, they came back together. They got remarried. And they're okay now. He told me, we never had any problem until we self-indulged. Just because you have things or money or, or whatever, even if, you're, even if you're middle class or even if you're in poverty, the indulging things is to replace God. You indulge in God, His ways. Otherwise, you come under judgment. And God's not a wrathful judge. Mariana said that she thought He was that way until she saw the apparitions of Our Lady and she thought that He was a loving God. But how long will a loving God not love us enough to correct us like a father correcting his child who's going wayward? We're so wayward that there's nothing less left for God's love to do except to chastise us and correct us. So we are under judgment. Frank? Yeah, so um, this is, uh, you know, the what I've been thinking, you know, about uh, confession is the answer for the West, and Our Lady's message is the answer for the world. You don't have to look any any further, just like the message that you read. Uh, monthly confession will be a cure for the West. So whether it's the Tea Party movement or the Occupy Wall Street movement or Restore the Republic, whatever it is, the answer is in Our Lady's message and the writings. And so um, I'd like to give just a little uh, a little history with my own experience, because these writings are the answer. And uh, they are unique because Our Lady's coming every day for 30 years, and there's nothing more important than this. And Our Lady comes with baby Jesus on the Feast of John the Baptist to prepare the way. And this is what this, this Advent 
is uh, saying to me that, that as we um, prepare for Jesus to come again. And so, um, and, and, and let me just disclose that, uh, is a question that has been asked to me. Um, I've been asked to do the Ministry of Global Silver Investors without self-interest, to do it at cost, and this was the right thing to do, and this is the only way to do this ministry. So it doesn't matter to me for what reason you call me. Um, it's the same to me. And whenever I say anything to you on the phone or I say anything on the radio show, it's with your best interest in mind. This is my motivation. I've been shown this example by Friend of Medjugorje in the community that they abandon their lives and the, the fruits of their labor to propagate the message. And so um, that's the spirit of, of what I'm telling you. But 10 years ago, I got uh, something in the mail from Caritas. I was on the general mailing list, but for some reason when I'd moved and I got married, I'd been lost on the mailing list for a time. And so it was this time of year, and it was about the retreat, five days reconciling ourselves, our family, and our nation back to God. Nine years of novenas nine novenas, preparing for this retreat. How would you like to enter into this grace? I needed this. I was struggling spiritually at the time. And I didn't really realize today until I was thinking about this that I hadn't been being fed, but I was lost on the mailing list because I didn't become a field angel. I should have. That these writings that the Holy Spirit were giving to this ministry, which is Eucharism to give this to the world, I wasn't being fed by these. And that's why I was suffering spiritually. But the most important thing I did, and I, I recognize this anniversary, is I became a field angel. And for less than a tithe for a minimum wage part-time employee, anyone listening to this can be a field angel and should be a field angel. It's the greatest thing that you can do, because there's nothing more important than God sending his mother to the world. And this mission will efficiently turn everything into distributing the message and conversions. So after that, I was led to catch up on all the, all the writings. And this is, this is the answer for the world today. We don't need to look anywhere else. Our Lady has come, and the four major writings are something that everyone should have on their Christmas list. And the first two are to clear the way for the second two writings, which are to heal the world. And Look What Happened While You're Sleeping is the most important writing for the world. And it's something that we have to give the Lord back his day. Christians cannot bow to the God of commerce and materialism on Sunday, this Advent, or any other time, if we expect God to heal our land. And it ain't going to happen. Is There's a simple truth that I can tell you from these writings being enlightened by the writings in this mission, I haven't heard anyone else in the world say. It's a simple monetary truth. And it's the answer to, you know, all our problems, because the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's that silver spend money longer than anything else in the world, because there's no possible for freedom without silver as money. You can't go out of God's monetary system, equal weights and measures, and allow someone else to issue currency and be responsible for the or 
be able to expand and contract that currency and inflate and deflate economies until they collapse economies and expect that there's a possibility for freedom or liberty or justice. There's no possibility. And this is something the entire world will see. There's no question. These are the times we're living in. We're coming out of the darkness into the fullness of light. That's why Our Lady's coming. So, and, and these are the writings. So, this is what I've done. This is how I was able to see the need to get out of the system, to get into silver when it was $5 and gold before I understood that it, that it, it doesn't make sense at 300 But And why I was, you know, led to, to study these things for this ministry that, that God was leading me to. So what we're going to have this Christmas and uh, what we're going to do for everyone on our Christmas list is get them one of these four major writings. If they don't have the message book, which you opened today and, and picked a message, we picked a message today. Our Lady says, every day read the message and transform them into life. This is how these writings were birthed. And this is what these writings are for us. The message is transformed into life, and we're to take them and transform them into our life. Everyone needs to have the message book because Our Lady says read them every day. Well, can you imagine? Can you imagine how exciting it would be to know, as the books of the scriptures were written, and you got (coughs) amongst those people who got the letter from um, Corinth, the Corinthians, or one of Paul's letters. You know, Our Lady's given us letters for something that's going to help us understand the Bible. This these messages are historic in the nature that they have never been given in this way before in the history of the world. And you're living in that time. Mark your history as those who are old enough to know where you were when Kennedy was shot. Or if you're younger, you know when the space shuttle blew up. That these messages each month, where you were. I can tell you just several messages. For example, August 25th, 1997. Underneath the shade tree, out in the hayfields with the boys. The message was brought to me. And that message already said, soon will come a time you'll admit for these messages. It struck me that best. This is huge. We're going to lament for these words, lament for these messages. You know, January 25th, 1987, I know exactly where I was. I can see myself holding the paper, reading it when it came in from Medjugorje. In back of a cleaners, or actually it was a clothing store. That's where Caritas started. Somebody donated some space for us. And I can go through the messages just like that because they're that big a deal. And you're alive just as if you were there 2,000 years ago when the first letter to the Thessalonians wrote or, or Timothy wrote. We're here now. And now is the time to act for the future if you want a future. Use this time that it might go well for you. This is the time of grace. I'm astounded of what people are holding on to and not acting on the miraculous Mount of Medjugorje Silver Rounds, where they can first seek God's first His kingdom. And that's not the goal. The goal is to get you into another way of life. That may be the bridge that goes over the stream to get you to the other side of the, of the, of the river. And on the side of the river, maybe you're a little plot of land or a simple, more simple life. 
a way of life that brings your autonomy underneath God and you, rather than you and man. Who do you want to be yoked with? Jesus says, my yoke is light. Well, no yoke is really not easy to take. A yoke's difficult. Who would you rather be yoked with? And that's really what this boils down to. The miraculous middle measure go around is the means to get to that point. If you can do it today and you go buy your plot and just change your life, do it. But that's not an easy decision. The thing people aren't acting on that could, and they're holding the wealth in dollars or investments or, or, or things that's ludicrous. It's under judgment. Get out of it. Frank Ray, over time, how did they get hold of you about this and discuss it with you? Well, in fact, you just reminded me of something, and it, it might be helpful um, to hear, is that because people are feeling that change is coming, um, people have called me this week, and, uh, you know, they've already put a large amount into the into the silver round. They said, well, doesn't the book say, you know, not to hoard it? Doesn't the book say not to put all your eggs in one basket? And these type of things. And, you know, they still have a large amount of paper, and they, they know this is what they're supposed to do, but they, for some reason, they feel like it's such a large amount that, that you don't put everything into... Crazy, rack, crazy. Uh, well, uh, how, how would you be hoarding it in silver if you're hoarding it in paper? What's the safest exactly, place to put it? If you've got to put it somewhere, you put it in something that can't go away. Paper will go away. When we say paper, we mean the U.S. dollar, we mean the euro, we mean the yen, we mean stocks, we mean other investments and hedging and all these things. This is not real. Put it in what's real. Not what the ultimate goal to be having that stored up in a shoe, big boot or something, but to use it for the transmission of the messages, one of them is conversion to the miraculous metal to be dispersed to get you to another way of life. You can do that today, right now, but you can't go out and get your homestead or whatever you want to do. That takes time. And so this is a transitional thing. If you have a lot of funds... Yes, put it in there and save it in that. Because either way, you're not going to hoard silver, and we don't. The purpose is not to do that. Our lady just told us your life doesn't belong to you alone. It's to be spent and bringing others to eternal life. That's what you use it for. You're not free to spend your money as you want. I don't care if you got hundred billion dollars. That's not your choice. You can do it. You got free will, but God gave that to you by His blessing He shared with you, and you're to share that blessing. But we're over time. Anything else you want to say, real quick, Frank? Yeah, just that, that, exactly, if you've done, you know, the other things that are important to prepare for the times, you know, there, there are things we physically need for the times. You've tithed, you've, um, you know, uh, done the things that you're supposed to. Of course you can put everything into Our Lady. And, and you know, what would Jesus do? You know, this is, it doesn't matter if it's six figures or seven figures. Um, we're being shown something. And for some reason, mo- most people aren't able to see this. And for an obvious reason. And so, um, you know, this is something. Frank, Frank, one more more thing I want to say real quick that that you comment on. It's almost crazy. Spot price of silver has stayed through the fall into the winter at a stable price, basically going sideways. Which to me, I only can calculate that as God's grace allowing people to get into it. Because people want to get into it when it doubles the price or triples. And now's the time to do that. But you want to comment on that, stay in at that price? And have we it's seen ex- this before? It, it is It is laughable. It's extraordinary. It's laughable. And um, we don't know. We have a global Ponzi scheme, a systemic Ponzi scheme, 
and we don't know if there are really any inventories or not. If everything else is, is you know, $16 trillion, um, I read today, was poured into sustaining this system so that we wouldn't lose confidence in the con. And, um, and if the, all these crimes are being perpetuated, we don't know if there are any inventories of silver. This is, the whole thing is extraordinary. The price is laughable. If, you know, I wish I had time to, to tell you everything that's going on, but you certainly can call me. Um, that's why we're here. You can call me for any reason. If you just want to know why the price is where it is, I'll be happy to, to go over the things that are happening. But there's lawsuits with uh, two banks that have been found by the CFTC, the commission, to be controlling the market. They have to cover over 100 million ounces um, still, I think. And if they've been found to be controlling the market, they obviously can control the market lower to get out of you know their their position. So it, um, this is unique. It's extraordinary, and it is a tremendous grace. Well, just remember with the bailouts, it lasted maybe a year the first time, then six months. They throw double the money, triple the money. It lasts three months. Each time it lasts shorter and shorter and shorter, taking more and more and more money. And so you only can kick this problem down the road so far before you hit the cliff. And it's just there. You can feel it. You can see it. Frank, did you give your phone number a little while ago? Yeah. Um, no, I will right now. But it continues to dilute all your paper. It just dilutes it, you dilutes it, dilutes it until it doesn't purchase anything. But you can get a hold of us by uh, calling us toll-free, 877-936-7686. Uh, you can also contact us online at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com is our email, and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. We will be talking to you tomorrow for the second of the month. Get ready for that. Be in prayer for that. We love you. We wish our lady goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.